Welcome to this month's podcast. This month's topic, witchy, horror, and mystery reads. And subscription boxes. We are your hosts, Rachel and Rashmila, and we are excited to share with you what we are reading. So Rashmila, what did you finish reading uh, in September? So I actually read, uh, I read quite a few books and I was rather surprised at it. Uh, this has actually been a pretty good month for me. So right now I'm reading a book called uh, These Witches Don't Burn by Isabel Sterling. And it's a young adult novel which has a queer witch, Hannah. She's the protagonist. And she has to team up with her ex-girlfriend, Veronica, to hunt a deadly blood witch. So it's I've just in like, you know, few couple of chapters and it's pretty good. Uh, I was uh, the interesting thing that I liked about the book is the fact and this is there in the blurb where you have the characters in a wide range of uh, sexuality so it, and it's not something like in your face it is as a part of their characters and there's like no issue made out of that which is rather nice. Uh, I did complete a few books for our theme which I will discuss later. And the other books that I read were, the first one which I read was Clap When You Land by Elizabeth uh, Asvido. And this is bas- this is her latest novel in verse. And it explores the relationship two girls have. So one of them is living in the Dominican Republic, uh, Camino, and the other is Yahaira, and she lives in New York. And they lose their father in a plane crash. Now, the interesting thing is that the half-sisters had no idea about the existence of each other. And they realize that they have a half-sister when the death of the father comes out. So it is a very interesting novel. And it explores themes like grief and loss that the two families have, uh, complexity of relationships, uh, what are the stories that we tell ourselves? What are the secrets that parents hide? And also, what is the meaning of a family? So, uh, as usual, Esvido's, I really, I mean, she is fast becoming one of my favorite authors. And this book was no exception. Uh, the second book which I read is River of Smoke by Amitav Ghosh. And Ghosh has been one of my favorite authors uh, since a really, really long time. And basically, this book is the second of uh, the Ibis trilogy. So this was preceded by a book called Sea of Poppies. And River of Smoke has new characters. 
and primarily focuses on the opium trade in China and how the Chinese laws and administration try to stop, stop the trade in 19th century Canton. Now, the interesting thing about the Ibis trilogy and a lot of Kosher's novels are when you start reading them, they can seem a bit dry because they have a lot of descriptions, but the books read like travelogues and historical fiction. And even the language that the characters speak are very, very authentic because uh, Ghosh puts in a lot of research in the books that he writes. Uh, his latest one is called uh, The Gun Island. And that deals with, and this I read, quite, I think, last year. And that deals a lot with climate change and how climate change is displacing people and how people are becoming refugees because of climate change. So uh, this book, again, like the other books, of course, it's it's pretty big, like it's a pretty thick book, but I liked it. Uh, the other book that I the other book that I read is called uh, The Dinner List. Uh, and this is by the author Rebecca Searle. And uh, I had heard about it, but I wasn't sure about it. So this basically follows Sabrina. She's the main character and the guests that she has at her 30th birthday dinner. So the guests include her best friend, Jessica, her partner, Tobias, her father, Robert, her philosophy professor, Conrad, and the actress, Audrey Hepburn. So the premise sounded really interesting that what if you have these people at a dinner and what are the conversations that you have, especially if you have a celebrity like Hepburn. But I did not like it as much as I thought I would. It basically goes back and forth. So you've got one storyline which is basically happening at present, which is the dinner party. And the other is the the other is the flashback of, of uh, Sabrina's life what happened with her and Tobias, things like that. So the relationship between Tobias and Sabrina is very weird and, and I found it very immature. I didn't like them. And the twist in the middle was very contrived and mechanical. So And the other characters were also okay. Like I wanted to like this book, but at the end it was just like a meh. The last thing that I read is basically uh, the four books uh, in the Enola Holmes series by Nancy Springer. So uh, Netflix recently released Enola Holmes, which stars Millie Bobby Brown, and I really like her a lot. And uh, basically, it's an adaptation of the series Enola Holmes by Nancy Springer. So I read the first four books. Uh, I think you there are like six books, and they are middle grade novels, really short. So didn't take me long, and I enjoyed them. So uh, basically, Enola Holmes. Enola is the sister of Sherlock Holmes and Mycroft Holmes, and when her mother disappears, uh, she's basically on her own. So she runs away from their home because Mycroft wants her to be put in a finishing school, and then her adventures from there on. So the first is the case of the missing Marquis, which is the Marquess, which is the main story of the Netflix film. But there are nice differences and I like the adaptation. Uh, the second is the case of the left-handed lady where Enola tries to find Lady Cecile Allister. Uh, the third is the case of the bizarre bouquets where... Uh, Dr. John Watson goes missing and then what happens from there. And the last one, which I just completed, is the case of the Peculiar Fan, where again, uh, Enola helps Lady Sicily. So four really short books are really enjoyable. If you know of anyone who likes 
interesting mystery novels uh, from a feminist perspective as well as a rewriting then Enola Holmes then I would definitely recommend mm-hmm. uh, Enola Holmes so those were my books uh, for this month uh, Rachel what did you read this month wow I just ordered, um, before I get into my books, I just ordered as an audiobook the first two Enola Holmes books. So I'll, I will be interested to listen to those hopefully this weekend if I get some free time. Cause I mean, I, I also loved the television series. I really thought it was, was really well done. And, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of like anything that's like, based off Sherlock. Um, there's the Lady Sherlock series, which I, that I own. Um, I think it's called mm-hmm. it's called something Scarlet, but it's um it's really good. I think you mean uh the Lady Sherlock series by Sherry Thomas. That's it. Yep, A Study in Scarlet. That's the that's the first book. Women. That sounds. I might actually pick that up. That looks interesting. So I'm a big fan of just anything Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I think I talked about a nonfiction book that's that was called The American Sherlock. And one of the things that brought me that piqued my interest was the, you know, the how the man, the American was compared to Sherlock Holmes in terms of being able to use forensic science to figure out cases. So big fan of anything Sherlock ish. So my books. Okay. So I think I mentioned on our last episode that I was reading Cast, The Origins of Our Discontent. This recently got picked up. I believe it was by Netflix, who is going to make it into a movie or, or a television series. I'm not sure. Yes. I just know that, that somebody wants to wants to bring it to the big screen, as it were. But it's a really powerful book. Isabel Wilkerson really okay. breaks down how caste and racism are so intertwined. In order to break both systems, you have to get rid of them both. You You can't have one and get rid of the other. They're just too intertwined and so it's it was just it was such an, an eye-opening book it's a very long book it's about 15 hours long but it, i mean it was just really well done you know she gives a lot of her personal stories with racism in the united states and and how her race and being a part of a lower caste how that affects you know what what jobs she attains and how people treat her and and the whole thing was just really fascinating because you know i've read a lot of anti anti-racist books but cast really takes the whole idea of racism and really puts it under a microscope makes it so that it's very clear why we hold on to racism as a system of caste why white people are so afraid to just give up their privilege and just give up the racial hierarchy system that they've built that has benefited themselves. So highly recommend. It's excellent. The audiobook is narrated by Robin Miles, who is phenomenal as a narrator. Earphone awards for lots of other books. As a matter of fact, I think she narrates The Warmth of Other Suns, which was Isabel Wilk- Wilkerson's first book, which was about the Great Migration in the United States. So really, again, another excellent book. So then my second book was a little bit more lighthearted. It was Mythos, The Greek Myths Retold by Stephen Fry. And he narrates this book himself. And it was just so much fun to listen to how, you know, the ancient Greek gods got into trouble and how the Romans and the Greeks copied each other. And it was just so much fun. You know, it's a it was a long audiobook. They were they were relatively short chapters, but it took me a while to get through this. But it was it was a lot of fun. You know, you learn about Hermes and how he becomes the messenger of the gods. You learn about, you know, all of the 
the big name gods mm-hmm. Aphrodite, yeah. Poseidon, yes. Zeus. Yes. Oh, God, Zeus. Oh, Zeus. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, Zeus. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. You know, and, and just the trouble that go- that gods get into. And, and at the end, you know, Stephen Fry kind of talks about how the gods in Christian monotheistic culture, we kind of have this idea that God made humans, but Greek mythology really says humans made the gods and we made the gods human in order to reflect ourselves in order to reflect our own faults and our own shortcomings kind of to give us to give ourselves permission that says hey we're not we're not perfect look at the gods even they're not perfect really great book highly recommend I think like uh, I've always enjoyed Greek and Roman gods simply because they are so hilarious in terms of like they are so human like whenever we think of gods Mm -hmm. at least in the complete uh, Christian context you have you've got Christ and the supreme being and everyone who can do no wrong like it's not they cannot be they cannot commit a mistake ever they are perfect but with the greek and roman gods and also i think that's why i like hinduism a lot i mean the gods are just funny mm. in a lot of ways like in in hinduism also you've got gods who are flirtatious and crazy and have domestic troubles and everything like that and i'll just share one thing and you and then you can continue. One thing that I like about Hinduism, especially the pantheon of gods, is the fact that whenever you have a problem, you have a specific god who is assigned to that area. So for instance, if you need uh, high grades and uh, help in the arts, you have a goddess for that. If you have economic issues, like if you need more money and anything, you have a goddess for that. If you want kids, you have a god for that. So that's why I like the Greek and Roman gods also. Like you don't have one god assigned to an area, but at the same time, their interactions make them so much more human and so much more relatable. So yeah, I think I mean that is one book that I that I need to buy, like Stephen Fry's Mythos. So I'll probably do that. Uh, okay, going on to the next ones, Rachel. Yeah, sure. So um, I think I also mentioned that I was reading at the time Ready Player One. And I finished Mm -hmm. this. It was excellent. It is literally a wild ride from page one all the way through to the end. It is a five stars, good reads, read, no question. Ernest Cline, you know, he, he wrote a dystopian novel that really kind of mirrors, you know, the 21st century. You know, he wrote a book that says Mm -hmm. that people will be living their lives online. They will no longer be really engaging in the real world. And to some extent, that really has happened. He even brings in, throughout the story, he really brings in how how the real world has kind of become mirrored in this alternate reality called the Oasis. You know, when the main character says, today's election day, I didn't vote in the United States election because that doesn't mean anything. But I did vote. Mm-hmm. I did vote in the Oasis elections because the Oasis elections have more say over my life. And so it was really oh fascinating God. to see how Ernest Klein wrote a dystopian novel that really asked the reader, what if your entire life is completely digital? Yeah. And I, I don't think that's like too far away from happening. Yeah. So book two comes out in November. And so I'm really excited to get my hands on that 
that's it for what I was reading in September. I'm currently reading The Girl from Widow Hills, and this is by Megan Miranda. This is her most recent. And so far, it's really good. Um, a six-year-old girl goes missing in the middle of the night during a flood, and eventually she's found, and the news media kind of has a field day, and every 5, 10, 15 years during the anniversary, um, she's forced to kind of relive what happened when she was six years old, and she went sleepwalking. And so she she finds herself in a new town with a new name, and and so she's she's learning throughout the story that you know the past doesn't always stay hidden, and that we oh. and that people expect something of you when you become you know infamous and famous due to circumstance. Uh, so far, it's a good book. Um, I'll give you my full review mm. uh, in next month's podcast. Oh my god. So, trigger warning. If you are a parent, I might strongly suggest you don't read this next book. Mm-hmm. This next book is called The Chain. It's amazing. It has me hooked. I cannot wait to get back to reading this book. It's so good. Perfect. The premise of The Chain is that parents steal other ki- other parents' kids. They pay a ransom, and once that parent whose kid has been kidnapped, once that parent kidnaps another kid the chain is complete and the kid from the previous parent their kid is released and so it's this very like intricate wild like very different type of story but it's very very dark you know it's like what would you do to get your kid back and the people who have put this chain the chain into motion they really know parents and so they know that like parents will pay the ransom and they will kidnap somebody else's kid and they will keep this going you know all in the name of wanting to get their child back really really good story so far can't wait to get back to that and then i haven't started reading the last one but i'm very excited to read it it's called winter counts it is about a a series of murders and a series of uh i believe it's drug related murders that are happening on an indian reservation so I haven't started reading that yet, but that is next up on the docket. Uh, really uh, dark reads, uh, I think, for your like for this month, and uh, definitely I'm looking forward to hearing more about them um, in our next month's podcast. Tis the season. It is the season. I agree. Um, uh, I just remembered that you mentioned that it is the season. I completed uh, something wicked this week. This way comes by Ray Bradbury. And I was not happy with it. Uh, just, oh. because, just because I had, I think I had too many, mm. too high yeah. expectations from the book. Um, and I didn't like it as much. I mean, I like the premise of a carnival coming in and the owners uh, doing interesting, magical, dark, magical stuff. But apart from that, I was like, uh i don't know maybe the book did not age as well or maybe i had high expectations whatever the reason maybe i was not very happy with that so this month's theme is witchy reads horror reads any mystery any scary reads um so really this is a very open theme so whether you like cozy mysteries or books about witches and monsters or mysteries or horror this is the theme for you so this this theme is just pretty open, as Rashmila and I have discussed previously. We have we are on different sides of the spectrum. I am really on the thriller slash horror <laughs> side. 
And I think if I recall correctly, Reshmila, you're more on the comfort witch witch's side of the spectrum. Yes, yes, definitely. Yes, I'm definitely on the comfort. I haven't, I didn't read any uh, cozy mysteries though, but definitely I'm on the other side. I I can still do thriller. I, I like mysteries to a certain extent, but I cannot do horror. Mm. Like, I draw the line. That's cool. There. So what did you read for this theme? So I read about four books. I read quite a few, but I will discuss only four books and we and we will give our recommendations on our social media platforms. So the first book that I read is called Akata Witch or Akata Witch by Nidhi Okrafor. And she's the author of the Binti trilogy. So this particular fantasy young adult novel, it's the first in the duology. The second is Akata Warrior, which I plan to read sometime soon. And it follows a 12-year-old Sunny. So Sunny was born in the US, but she and her family, comprising of her parents and her two elder brothers, move back to Nigeria. And uh, she is black, but she's uh, albino. She's an athlete who is not allowed to go out in the sun. And she discovers that she has magical abilities. So I liked it. It's not it's not a very long book. It weaves in uh, Nigerian legends and stories of the leopard people. And leopard people are people who have magical abilities. This novel focuses on her life. So what about her when she discovers that she has these abilities and uh, what are the different rules and regulations she has to follow now that she's a part of the leopard people. Also the fact that she's juggling her regular uh, human studies as well as magical studies and it also focuses on her covent with three others and how this group tracks down a serial killer. So it was a nice book. Um, I liked it simply because I had no idea about Nigerian legends and a contemporary take on that. So it was, I liked it. Uh, The second book that I read is a graphic novel, um, one of the most famous witches, I think, in popular culture, Sabrina. And it's called Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So it's the first in a series. uh, I think it was released last year and the second will be released either this year or the next. And it's by Kelly Thompson and illustrated by Veronica Fish. So like the stories that we know, Sabrina is uh, in Greendale, she has her two aunts and she's basically navigating high school while she's juggling her studies and other things. In this particular graphic novel, she has two competing uh, love interests and she's fighting a group of monsters. Uh, The illustrations are gorgeous and funny and I like Sabrina overall. Uh, One thing that I really liked about this novel was the fact that the students were not all white. So there was a good diversity of students which was a good thing. Uh, so again, a really short, really short graphic novel. If you like Sabrina overall, uh, then this is a fun novel, fun graphic novel. It's definitely not uh, as dark as the Netflix uh, series. So that was my second one. The third one that I read is uh, The Near Witch by V.E. Schwab. And this is, this is actually Schwab's debut book. Uh, it features uh, Lexi Harris. She's a tracker in the village of Near. So the village is called Near. And her adventures in tracking down the children who suddenly start disappearing. So she has a younger uh, five-year-old uh, sister called Ren. 
and uh, and she basically does not want Ren to to disappear because her friends are disappearing and everything also becomes a problem because uh, a stranger appears in the village and the stranger is also so everyone obviously in the village assumes that because the stranger has appeared the stranger is taking the kids away but Lexi knows that's not the case so she tries to find the children and slowly she realizes that the that the bedtime story of the near witch is actually much more and where you've got themes of magic and patriarchy how things should be balanced out in nature and this historical fiction also has a bit of a romance going on which was sweet and i liked it overall so again it's not it's not a very it's not a very long book it's a novella and the near which also has uh, another story at the end called i think the ash boy which basically gives like a backstory of the stranger why where the stranger comes from what happens to the stranger so i like the two parts of this particular uh text uh the last book that i read for the theme is called uh, the witch doesn't burn in this one by amanda lovelace and this is an interesting anthology of poems so really short poems uh focusing on feminism empowerment identity self love and the fighting of the patriarchy so how women are seen as can be seen as witches and how if we are witches what are the things we can do and uh, this anthology explores themes of sisterhood pays homage to various other literary texts including a poem including goblin market uh, by christina rossetti which my english graduate heart was very happy about there was also um, other books like uh, margaret atwood's the handmaid's tale so i liked that where she was also connecting to other uh, literary texts in fact she also one poem also is reference uh, references the 2017 women's march so these were my four books again as you mentioned rachel i am not a horror fan um so yeah these were these were my four books what were the books that you read for the theme Can I just start by saying that Akata Witch is amazing and I really hope they make a television series out of that because it was it was such a good book. I read it at the beginning of the year and it's so good. Cannot wait to read. What is it? Warrior Witch? So the first book that I read for this theme is actually Rachel your recommendation uh, for the book swap. It's Akata Witch. And just a quick thing, uh so every episode I recommend a book for Rachel and Rachel recommends a book for me and this was Rachel's recommendation. Yeah, so and it's it's a really excellent book. There are four books that I'm going to talk about, though I've I'm pretty sure I'm up to like number 8 at this point. <laughs> this book this month has been very good for me in terms of reading. I love October. It's my favorite my favorite month. So I'm going to start by talking about Final Girls by Riley Sager, one of my favorite authors that I found last year when I read their other book. So Final Girls is about a college student named Quincy, and Quincy at the beginning of the book goes on this vacation with her five friends and she goes they're all like in the middle of this cabin just kind of taking a break from you know college and finals and all of that she goes with these five friends but she returns alone she is really the only survivor of what ends up turning into this horror movie like situation where there is you know a scary man after her who is who has just killed all of her friends in a very gruesome way and then she becomes a member of this club that the press Uh-oh. deems as the final girls. So there are two other women in this club. One is named Lisa who uh lost nine sorority sisters and then Sam 
who went up against the Sackman during her shift at Nightlight Inn, and now Quincy, who we know has survived this horrible tragedy at this this cabin. The story kind of picks up after Quincy has had this really traumatizing experience, and she's living in New York. Um, she's living with live-in boyfriend, and so her life kind of gets turned upside down when Sam one of the other final girls comes to visit her and it's just this roller coaster of a of a ride you know who can quincy trust why is sam all of a sudden in her life what is the what really happened that night when she ran through the woods it's a really great book i highly recommend it it's a it's a great thriller um i I finished this book in 24 hours i pulled an all-nighter to finish it i was exhausted by the time it was over but it was excellent. It was thoroughly edge of your seat. Amazing. And I loved it. Then my next book was Things in Jars by Jess Kidd. And this book was a lot of fun. Well, first of all, it takes place in Victorian London. And so I need the names. I can never remember the names of the characters because I read so much. So the main character is Bridie Devine. She is a female detective and she is very good at her job. You know, people specifically come to her to help them find missing people or, you know, figure out how somebody was murdered. Um, So she's really good at what she does. And so throughout the book, she is asked to find this child. And the child has been, like, kept away from society. Nobody really knows this child except for who we think is her father. And so Bridie kind of goes throughout Victorian London, um, befriending ghosts and meeting various people who all have some either connection to her past or a connection to this mysterious child. This was a great book and, and really interesting in terms of how Victorian London really kind of turned murder into not really a spectator sport, but yeah, just that, just that, a spectator sport. So, so we really love true crime and you know murder mysteries and all of that and so and there's kind of some hints of this throughout the throughout this book how interesting murder is and how the human psyche is just so curious about things that are like unknown and mysterious and superstitious and and so it was a great book just kid really has a way with words and so you know there were times when i would you know have to pause the audiobook and go back and re-listen because she would write such a beautiful line and it it was like, oh, I want to I wanna capture that in this moment. If you like good reading, if you like your mysteries placed in a specific time period, I highly recommend Things in Jars by Jess Kidd. My last book, I'm going to keep it to three, I think. My last book, so in, in last month's episode, Rashmila and I talked to all of you about Litzy and the various things that the community does on Litzy. And one of those community activities is uh, a screamathon, And it's it's the whole month of October and everybody everybody who signs up is split into two groups. They're split into uh, either Team Slaughter, which is so named because we usually read a book by Karen Slaughter, or Team Harkness, also named after an author, Deborah Harkness, who wrote the All Souls trilogy. If you love witchy books, may I recommend you get your hands on The Discovery of Witches. It is a great book. Oh, so good. I have it on my e-reader. I had just checked it out and it's on my e-reader and I'm going to start reading it after we are done. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Please, please tell me <laughs> that you like it when you're done. But it's okay if you don't, but it's it's so good. Okay. And if you want the other two books in physical format, I will mail them to you. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I am on Team Slaughter because I like mystery and horror. 
And so this year's book that we read as a buddy read was called The Good Daughter by Karen Slaughter. And The Good Daughter is kind of this really great story that uses time as a mechanism to understand the horrifying things that happen to us that we sometimes block out. So the story opens with this horrific robbery gone wrong turn murder. So the story opens with these two main characters, Charlotte and Samantha. Their father is a mm. big time defense attorney and he he is known throughout the town, he is known throughout the state as somebody who takes cases for people who have done really horrible things. Firmly believes that everybody deserves a good defense. These two gentlemen show up at Quincy's house and they're really, or at the Quinn's house, their last name is Quinn, and they are trying to, through intimidation, get rid of their of their debt. The whole situation goes terribly wrong. You know, one of the, the guys who's trying to do all of this intimidation, he shows up with a gun, you know, they're wearing ski masks. He ends up, you know, being very trigger happy and he shoots and kills their mother. And so this whole incident kind of unfolds. The girl's, are both really traumatized throughout the duration of this of this initial chapter. And so there's, you know, so there's some trigger warnings for sexual assaults. Um, there's some trigger warnings for being buried alive. But the story overall okay. really plays with time and it kind of goes back and forth throughout the story to the initial incident and the current incident that leads to reconciliation between these two women as they are as adults and as sisters versus who they were when when this incident unfolded. Karen Slaughter is excellent at kind of pulling you along and making you think one thing and then psych, gotcha, something else is completely going on here that you didn't expect. Excellent book, highly recommend. I am definitely a Karen Slaughter fan. I look forward to reading her other books in the future awesome uh, i haven't read anything by her but i think i'll pick up uh this one by her okay awesome one of our main uh, discussion for the bookish community today that we have is subscription boxes so subscription boxes are uh, i don't know whenever i think of subscription boxes for me they are like a gift to yourself where you get one every month wrapped up box of happiness at least that's how I see subscription boxes. Uh, I am a subscriber to only one subscription box and it's the Feminist Club box. And this particular subscription supports feminist literature and also several small women and queer-owned businesses. So each box will have one book and as members, we suggest titles for an upcoming box. So uh, we get an email every month saying, hey, this is our theme, send us some suggestions. Then uh, the suggestions are compiled into a Google Doc and then we vote on our top three choices. Based on that, a book is chosen for a month. So very democratic, very awesome. And if uh, there has been a couple of times when the book that was chosen was something that I've already read. So I just skip the month, stay in this discussion group, but I just swap the book of the month for something else. So I like this particular subscription box simply because of the fact that A, I can read feminist literature or, or even nonfiction, uh, books that I might not read otherwise, and B, because it is supporting small women and queer-owned businesses. So we do have uh, group uh, book discussions three to four times a month via Zoom, and we interact with other members either on Facebook or Slack or Instagram. In fact, recently, the company uh, held a readathon for a weekend, which was great fun and 
prizes were given and it was it mm-hmm. was just a nice community of members so uh if you want just the book they have an option where it's only $12 a month and if you want the whole box then it's $49 a month because i am already a member of the box if you use my referral id and join the book club then you'll be getting a 15% discount so my referral code is luchi l for larry u for amarella uh c for connecticut h for henry and i for ice cream so luchi is my referral code if you use that you'll get a 15% discount on the box uh the other subscription box that i heard about that i might be doing at some point is the used book monthly where you get one used book i think for like $7 a month you can choose your genre and then you can either get one or two or four gent- gently used books every month so uh those are my two subscription uh boxes one which i already subscribed to and one which i would like to uh rachel what about you what are your uh, subscription boxes that you like so i am currently a member of page 1 books and if you follow me on instagram i talk about the page 1 book a lot so i started this as a member back in September. So it's really cool. Their whole premise is that, you know, they're book matchmakers. And so, yeah, so they're, they're book matchmakers and they, you know, want to match you up with books that you're really going to love based on, you know, your Goodreads profile and, or any other, you know, list that you might have of where you um, select books that you have an interest in reading. You also fill out um, a form when you sign up to inform them of like, you know, a theme that you really like. So how they do it is, you know, you fill out this form and then you sign up for a time period. And so they have three, six or 12 months. I will list the prices for all of these on our Instagram and Facebook as well as Twitter. The three month, which is the package I signed up for, is $75 for three months. And so it's a mix of hard or paperback books. Uh, My first book was a paperback. My second book, which came this month in October, The Guest List, uh, and that is a hardcover and a relatively new book. Um, I believe it was published in 2020. So that was pretty cool. And it comes with little knickknacks. And so the first time I signed up, I got a sticker. I got a little pencil pouch that said page one on it. Um, And then this month I got pins for voting and then and then the initial book and and page one really wants you to love the book that you're given so even if you are given uh, a book that you already own or a book that you've already read you know they are not going to charge you to send you out a second book yeah so they just you know they want you to drop it into a little library or give it away you know just spread the book love i don't know the other prices for the six or the 12 month but we'll post them on um, our instagram page along with uh, some images of the of the subscription boxes that rashmila and i have gotten and so the next one that i want to mention is called call number this is um, a black owned subscription box service and their whole theme around their subscription box is the library. So they add, they have, the book is focused on black authors and black literature. And then any additions, any, you know, fun little knickknacks that they add to the box are always focused around library type culture. So getting bookmarks that look like old, what are they called? Call slips. You know, when you used to open a library book, you would write the date that it needs to be returned on so just like little library things i haven't subscribed to this one yet it really looks interesting 
and I, I highly recommend checking it out. It's, it looks really cool. Uh, and so just lastly, I'll just mention um, Owl Crate is another subscription box, uh, but this one is targeted towards folks who really like young adult novels or, or nonfiction. And so I, I don't know too much about Owl Crate, but uh, we will tag them in any posts and you can go and check them out. Awesome. Uh, I forgot to mention one thing about the Feminist Book Club. So uh, they usually have one book and at least two to three non-bookish items. So uh, this month, they sent out an iron-on patch that said, Hello, I am the patriarchy's worst nightmare. Oh, fun! They sent out also a nice tote bag, which had Book Babe written on it. And they Mm. also sent these really cute bookmark tags kind of a thing, like sticky notes. But it featured uh, like four women. So I basically got uh, Ruth Ginsburg, uh, Frida Kahlo, Harriet Tubman, uh, and uh, Saint and Joan of Arc as my book tags. So and I also got a Lara Bar. Uh, so they usually have like one food related item, one like accessory kind of a thing, like something that you can. I, once they had like face mask. Once they had like, uh, I think they had once even a lipstick, which was really beautiful. So that's why you've got the price as like $49, but it's worth it because, you know, you're supporting small businesses. So, so that's that. We will put up a list of other subscription boxes. Uh, I've heard good things about Owl Crate and Page One books. I, I didn't know about Call Number. So Rachel, go moving on about our book swap. So as I already mentioned, Akata, which was uh, suggested to me by Rachel. Uh, Rachel, what about you? What did you read for this month's book swap? So I read Clap When You Land. And actually, I I probably read this a few months before this podcast, but I'm going to cheat a little bit and use it as my swap. Clap When You Land was really a beautiful story, you know, about how do we define family? You know, how do we move past our own ideas about what family is, about what our lives should look like, you know, about preconceived ideas that we have about other people, how we identify ourselves. I listened to uh, Clap When You Land as an audiobook, as most of you are not surprised by now. Did it have two narrators, two different narrators? It did. It did have two narrators. It was so good. And so, you know, you really get this sense of both of these girls who, who even though they live in two different countries, are really going through very similar issues and very similar difficulties around grief, around the death of their father, and essentially the hole that he has really left in their lives by not telling them of each other and them having to navigate you know, this new relationship on their own at this stage in their lives. And it was just really heartwarming and and beautiful. And just the author does such a good job in really all of her books about making you think differently and see difficult situations from a different perspective. So, I mean, I really loved this book. I thought it was excellent. The only other book that by her that I haven't read yet was her first book, was her debut novel. Uh, With the Fire on High? Yes, I have not read The Fire on High yet. You will love it. It is on my radar to do so. It's, a, it's, it's again, young adult, that, I mean, young adult novel. At the same point of time, it's about how this particular girl is so talented, but at the same point of time, she has so many issues, like so many problems that she has to overcome. She's a single, I'll just give a quick two-line thing. She's a single mom. 
She's in high school and she wants to become a chef. Beginning of this, uh, of today's episode is that Isvito is fast becoming one of my favorites. She is excellent and interesting for sure. Last month, we talked a little bit about Litzy and I mentioned this event that I run in November called Non-Thick November. We're doing that again this year. If you're interested and want to sign up, please go over to Litzy, download the application, get yourself an account and type in hashtag NFN20. You will find the sign up page for this month's non next month's nonfiction November readathon. There are some great prizes this year. There are three prizes this year, which is super exciting. But this but next month's theme for the podcast will also follow suit. And we are going to read lots of nonfiction. Um, I am particularly looking forward to reading lots of true crime. What are you going to read, Rashmila? Do you have a specific nonfiction area that you like to read? I have absolutely no idea because I think I mentioned in an episode, uh, nonfiction is not my jam at all. Um, I've, I think I've read enough nonfiction in grad school. So I will, I have no idea what I'm going to read, I'm, but I will figure it out. I like Nonfiction November because I have, I do end up reading some amazing stuff. So I'm looking forward to Nonfiction November. Very cool. That brings us to the end of today's episode. You can contact us or follow us for book recommendations on Instagram and podcast, on Instagram and Facebook as Reading Squad Podcast. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify and Google and Apple. We would also love to hear from you on what you want to hear on this podcast, themes that you would like, what issues in the bookish community do you think need more discussion. And feel free to leave reviews on our Facebook page or the other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Take care everyone. Happy reading, y'all.